Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio. A speaker from last year's symposium and a power athlete broette, Lindsay Matthews of BirthFit joins us to talk about the complexities and the challenges of birthing in the modern age. Luckily for parents-to-be, she's developed a methodology to empower you through the process and to not be intimidated by the bullshit. Her goal is to facilitate your connection with your wee one from the start and to set your mind and body up for a successful birth and post-birth experience. As Lindsay concedes, everything will change, but in the most amazing way. This is episode 276. Power Athlete Nation. What is up? It is time for another episode of the Premier Podcast and Strength and Conditioning. And Conditioning. Ing. 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 Tex, what's going on? A lot. It's hot. I haven't hot. seen you in a while. <laughs> Weather in Austin. Good point, Tex. We weather. haven't talked about the weather in Austin, Callie. It's hot. We We're have a guest meteorologist today, Lindsay Matthews. Can you please tell us what the weather in Austin is? Oh, it's a light 85 degrees right now. What's the cloud cover, would you say? Partly? <laughs> what's what's uh, going to be the high today? 63% humidity. Yeah, yeah, I felt oh, that's that. That's low. Feels mm-hmm. like 91. The mm-hmm. high will be 97. Wow. And ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay is just, she licked her finger. And put it up in the air, <laughs> and she told us all that information. And that is the lovely voice of Lindsay Matthews from BirthFit. Lindsay, what's going on? Not a lot. Yeah? Sitting here with you, lovely. Yeah, literally lovely in person, guys. Austin, Texas. We, uh, we, went, we were up in the gym this morning. I don't know, Tex, how'd you talk Lindsay into coming to hang out? She's in town for a concert, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah. yeah? And you're just like, hey, let's bang some weights? Uh, I can't recall it. She just texted and said, hey, I, I need to lift. Okay. So, okay. Uh, that's why we came in. We did it. We totaled today. Uh, Lindsay, I believe, squatted 220 kilos. Yeah, pressed easy. 96 kg. And 4340. 4340, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And I mean, Tex was half of that. And I was half a text. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a quarter of the woman that Lindsay Matthews is. Those are the facts. Basically. No, we were, up, we were actually upstairs. And I don't know if you wanted to lift, sorry, because we totally hijacked it. No, it's totally fine. And she took us through some functional progressions. Yeah. Right? Breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So how about this? If let's say people have been living under a rock, or maybe there's some fucking muscly dudes uh, that think, you know, they're never going to have children, which the documentary Junior, I believe... Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he gets pregnant. Is that the movie? That's the one. So men can get pregnant. <laughs> and if you are a dude, listen up, because I've become fascinated by pregnancy because I've recently been married. And I guess the next, I don't know, what do you do next? I don't know. Have kids, start a family, right? John Wellborn joining us. John, you look dapper as always. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. But uh, so get take a shower this week. Um, for the record, Junior came out in the year 1994. Just okay. throwing it out there. <laughs> wow. I thought that was a new movie. Nude? They're remaking it. Isn't that your year? Yeah, it is. That movie alone. (laughs) Graduation year? Gets rid of your year. No, it doesn't. Anyways, Lindsay, give 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 us some background on BirthFit and what you guys do. Yeah. So in general, like our elevator speeches, we are an empowerment and education company. We already used that, though. We're Empower Your Performance. No. So... Preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, and we call it the motherhood transition. Mm-hmm. And we focus on fitness, nutrition, mindset, connection, connection within your body, within people, space all around you, the universe all around you. And that's, you know, our 60 second elevator speech. So then 
for maybe new, newer folks new to the idea of having a child? What yeah. is the problem right now? <laughs> what is the problem? Yeah. Well, there's a lot. So let's say you go in yeah. and you just like rely on what a six pack of beer and you know yeah. some so, bad so you decisions. Get a, you get a sixer, you make some good decisions, <laughs> bad decisions, depending on what your outcome is. Boom, knocked up, and you're just like, oh, I'll just go to my doctor. Right. And I just like I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and take blind recommendation from medical. Uh, medical right. experts. Now, I'm not bashing everybody, right. but what is a what is a trap you could find yourself into as totally. expecting parents? Um, the most common trap, and that's a really good way to like just use an example so you can see what kind of the picture we're painting, right? So, it's really common for new couples get married, have a baby, get pregnant, and then they're going to go back to maybe, they live in the hometown that the woman grew up in or whatever, but go back to the OB-GYN that was the OB-GYN that the woman used when she first had her period or that her mom took her to to get birth control or she found when she was in college to get birth control to avoid any any issues there. Mm-hmm. But um, more times than not, this OB-GYN is just, somebody that maybe doesn't align with your values now or your values as a couple or, you know, maybe your birth desires or your birth outcomes, like what you believe in really. And we often see that they go through the pregnancy showing up for the appointments, the prenatal appointments. And these prenatal appointments in OB-GYN's office are usually like 15 to 20 minutes Um, as compared to, let's say, if you're going to a midwife's office, and it's usually about 40 minutes to an hour. And, you know, each one is a choice. But if you're going down this default path of going to the OB-GYN that you knew from the beginning, and then all of a sudden, okay, we're at birth, or labor starts, or we're past the due date, and maybe mom gets induced, or, you know... All these things can have a ripple effect, but basically we find mom and partner on the other side, and they're like, I'm not really happy with the birth experience. It left me really feeling defeated, um, you know, maybe ashamed or not what I wanted. And there's so many choices and actions that could have been taken even prior to conceiving to help mom and partner have, you know, the birth experience or the motherhood transition that Mm -hmm. was maybe a bit more empowering and what they wanted and to align with their values as parents. So that's like the example we use a lot because it's more common than we think. Um, And, you know, it's like, oh, it won't happen to me. My doctor Mm -hmm. loves me, you know. But we're all just a number. We're not special, you know. Um, (laughs) So I hate to tell you that. but um, No, I I mean, just in in my experience, uh, um, I actually went to high school with my wife's OBGYN. And, wow. and uh, yeah, she uh, former girlfriend or no, no, she was um, super smart. Like uh, you know, I just happened to be a girl I went to school with, and uh, she was like, "We'll be there every step of the way." Uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Kate's water breaks. She's it's her day off, so yeah. some other doctor was there uh, twice, mm. and I remember the second time we were like, "She's like, no, I'll be there, I'll be there." Oh, it was my day. Yeah, off. I remember so, that. Yeah, twice, yeah. and then being like, "Ah, uh, like what the hell?" I'm like. Uh, yeah, uh, it's um, needless to say, uh, the traditional way of birth that we kind of slipped into is uh, is awful as an mm-hmm. experience. You just feel like it's like, honestly, I feel like it's like, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, you know, getting dropped off at the cattle deal and mm-hmm. marching them through and this, and mm-hmm. it's just very burn, sterile and uh, they're, you know, they're just figuring out how they can pack on the bill. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, like, I mean, it's, it's just, it feels very assembly line and very sterile and almost like, uh, like she said, you feel mm-hmm. like a little, like, uh, I feel a little dirty by this whole mm-hmm. thing. But like you think this like- miracle of birth and you just real, and it, it's true. I mean, every human being on the planet has, has come to the world this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so like it, and then they really stamp you and make you feel it not really special, <laughs> right? By even more, like it's just it's fucking awful. But I guess, uh, <clears throat> but you have that awareness. You have that awareness. We all now have that awareness. But prior to this, to give an analogy to maybe some of some of our dudes and dudettes who are listening that aren't in this space yet is, you know, maybe you consider yourself a capable coach. Well, there's people out there who are like, I want to change my life. I want to get in shape, and they go to Big Box, they go to Equinox, LA Fitness, they go to fucking uh, Gold's Gym, and they mm-hmm. get themselves a personal trainer that just has them do step aerobics and treadmill work for 40 fucking minutes, right? And oh. they just turn and burn them. And that might work for somebody who's out of shape, but what if sure. you have a kid who's going in and seeking expert advice from these individuals to get a scholarship? It would be a shame for, to put that person in that scenario, right? Yeah, they want and, something more. Right, and like, I think that a lot of people don't know that. And I've now I've learned just, you know, being yeah. around John and like they were, John was fucking switched on all from the beginning. And especially, we also had an issue where, uh, we had twins that were both breach. Yeah. So like at that point, it's kind of like when you have twins that are breach, uh, like even, both of them. Yeah. Uh, even the midwives are like, mm-hmm. uh, you need to go to the fucking hospital. Yeah. And you don't think that was like any sort of like foreshadowing of how much trouble they'd cause you for the next <laughs> six years of their lives. Uh, every single day. <laughs> it's uh, like, looking back, it's like, no wonder. Yeah. You two would be fucking uh, breached. They are. Yeah. They are some special, but, I, yeah, but thank God we have cash, uh, because, uh, having cash, he made us realize that, uh, it can't be that difficult, <laughs> but, uh, girls are unique. Uh, like, um, they're special. I, I just remember, uh, John L. Eldritch wrote that book, A Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. and it's like women want to be fought for. Uh, I don't know if that's the truth as much as it's women just want to be want to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they just want the struggle, the strain, like the heroin, the whole deal. Yeah. That's them every day. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm for the, our listeners. I'm just I adore John's daughters. Like, I don't know. But they are they are just fireballs. They are. are uh, they're yeah. highly intelligent, like mm-hmm. the, the conniving. Thing, well, like, they're they're smart. <laughs> Like I, I like listen to their conversations and this, and it's just like they are uh, six years old going on twenty six. Mm-hmm. They so. basically have y'all wrapped around you. No, fingers. not at all. Not John. Uh, no, no, <laughs> sure. not at all. I, I'm like, I know what you guys are doing, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Stop this nonsense. <laughs> no, not me. They, I got their love notes up on my desk over there. You know, uh, like, they got me wrapped around their cute little munchkins. <laughs> Could do no wrong. They're angels. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is, man. <laughs> I do see them six hours a week, but uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, you know, here in Texas, uh, they they go to school at seven thirty in the morning till two forty five. Wow. So seven thirty is when they have to is when they 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 get there. And uh, I was thinking about like looking at their schedule. I'm like. This can't like everything we know about education and performance, and it, like mm. this, I'm like this is juxtaposed to everything we know for uh, mm-hmm. um, fruitful. They get like 20 minutes a day outside, so Whoa. like uh, but, are they in prison? Well, <laughs> yeah, but... no, but it's also 100 degrees here. So I asked oh. them, and they're like, it's really hot. Like the kids, like 20 minutes is about what they can handle in direct sunlight. I'm like, huh. Well, if it wasn't fucking hotter than the face of the earth or the sun, I, I guess here. growing up we had a big black top, so it was outside, but it was just covered. And, uh, yeah, but I, I just think like things have changed in the last amount of, so like, do you guys remember this? Like the bell rang and you would just run out the door Yes. right now they have a staging area. So they like stage them. Like they all have to go to like an area, like in the, in the auditorium. And then as a parent, you have to come like get them and like check in and take them out. So no fucking predator, like swoops them up. Well, uh, like just, I mean, yeah, like I, I just was like, uh, yeah, like we were outside, like, Mm -hmm. like we rode our, like it just, it's. 
There's a lot of liability. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of liability, but like, uh, I D- does you know, anyone walk home anymore? No, down Hamilton Pool, you fucking yeah, insane. Fucking, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a racetrack. No, but like, uh, um, ride the bus. I, I was down in San Antonio at uh, Lackland Air Force Base this week and uh, meeting with their human performance people. And the the guy we met with made a good point. He's like, ah, kids today are different. I'm like, they're not different. Parents are different. Everybody else is. Yeah, parents are different. And I'm like, dude, like, it's, it's, uh, I always joke that our parents treated us with, with like the malaise of a stray dog, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, if we were around, they were going to feed us. If not, they were like, uh, now it's like, <laughs> it's way different. Like parents are just fucking switched on. Like we get three to four emails a day from her, from our, our from her, te- from their teachers. We, three there's to a, four emails. There's an online portal that we can go to through an app where we can check all of their work that's entered in and like see how they, they get like a color and then uh, like on their performance that day. And then we have to sign it mm-hmm. and then we have to sign that we, it's, it's fucking like. I don't know if I like that. Me either. I'm like, can we just find like a place that has like a little schoolhouse where all the kids go and they walk home and like, you know, with cane poles and throw rocks at each other yeah. and shit. You know, uh, you, you did sell me on a vision long ago, John, of building our own commune. Is that, <laughs> is that still in the cards? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is it, right? Yeah we're, this is, it. yeah, we're working on it. The problem is, is we didn't move far enough. Like when we bought this place, we thought that we were kind of a little far out. In two years, the city grew to us. <laughs> yeah. So we, we thought it's we were in the country, and now all of a sudden I'm like, uh, they're cutting the whole area up. Yeah. But, yeah it's going to happen. But no, it's, um, it's, it, it's pretty interesting with like, uh, like the birthing process and this kind of like next stage, like you just got married, you know, hopefully Tex will be married here in a few weeks. Um, you know, <laughs> now like, they, who's the lucky lady? Uh, we're still interviewing. So <laughs> anyway, and, I mean, there's a panel, uh, yeah, we're uh, going to do a lineup here in about six days and then we're gonna pick one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just figured, you know what, just. It w- it's not going to happen otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, the problem is your standards are just too high. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. You know, Wait, uh, what heart, are the standards? Uh, heart, uh, heartbeat, so, uh, two uh, vision, yeah. uh, pulse, and breathing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she, so the she has to like you more than you like her, right? It arches, Achilles. Oh, calves. here we go. Oh gosh. And so now, now he's ground up. Ground up. Yeah, it has to be over six foot and over two hundred pounds because that's. Un- impossible for Tex. So <laughs> Tex is forward thinking. He doesn't want to curse his kids. He needs like an embo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah she, she, she could just be like, hey, Tex, get in my pocket. And he would just like hop in her pocket. <laughs> I, I miss my window. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Some, somebody else. Uh, no, but like you, you go through this next stage, like you get married and then you decide to have some kids. And uh, I think like people put a ton of stress on it. Like there's mm-hmm. this like, uh, like ton of stress. And like, I think the more stress you put on it, the more like, uh, people overthink it in this. That's why I just joke around. I'm like, you just need to have a couple of drinks and go make some bad decisions and hope to God everything turns out because I mean, as, as have a little faith. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, yeah. but think about the people you run into how like they've overthought it and like this and prepared. And you're like, just let nature take its course, mm-hmm. dude. Just mm-hmm. relax a little bit. Well, I mean, bit. it's worked for this long, yeah. right? Like <laughs> we only started fucking up birth in like the last hundred years. So, mm-hmm. so my mom's, uh, uh, like the old, um, she had an old Irish, uh, baby doctor who was, you know, actually from Ireland, pretty old school. And, uh, you know, he was like 70 when I was born. And I remember like the stories about like, don't get run down, make sure you rest every day, like eat this. And then, uh, um, so my mom had, I was a 10 and a half pound baby. My mom had me in about 45 minutes yeah. and the doctor was like, we can't give you drugs because it'll prolong it. The pain is what makes it get out fast. Yeah. Which now is like... It's like, pain with a purpose. Yeah, like yeah. like we need this thing to end. And then uh, 
So she had me at like 721 in the morning. And then uh, my dad was like, if uh, we get out of here b- before noon, can we only pay for a half day? Because my dad's a cheap <laughs> ass. Oh, Bob Wilborn. Yeah, always cutting a deal. Hang on, and did so, they do that? Yeah. All right, it's So on. she got out of there at noon and then uh, came home, dropped me off, and my grandmother was there. And then my mom went to the store to, to pick up dinner and saw the, her doctor at the store. And he was like, you just had a baby like a big baby, like seven or eight hours ago. And she's like, yeah, I got kids. Get the fuck out of my way. And so she <laughs> I gotta put dinner on yeah, the table. And so she went there and my grandmother was like watching us and she's like, yeah, you were fine. Just, you know, kind of set you down and, uh, you know, went to the store. But like, I think like now, like <laughs> my mom's like, ah, things are different now. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's probably a pretty, it's a pretty good story. But yeah. like she drove herself her water broke and she drove herself to the, to the hospital and like, but Doris Welburn's a savage. So Lindsay, let's go back to you in the past hundred years. So what, what's changed? Insurance. Insurance was a big change. Yeah. Um, there was also when they started moving birth into the hospital, it was a big change. Cause so, it, it used to be in the home, right? At all homes all the time. And birth in America started whenever actually slaves were brought over and black granny midwives were what would birth our country. Um, and so then as doctors became more and more like, prominent GPs, they were like, oh, birth is always going to be around. And I don't think it was a conscious decision, right, at this time, but they're like, oh, we're always going to have patients, we're always going to make, you know, 20 bucks on a birth or whatever, and they would travel to houses. So they learned how to birth through these black granny midwives and through the local midwives. But um, they realized, like, as hospitals were built and um, insurance came about, that it would become a little bit more convenient to, oh, I could just have every patient come to me in one location or one day or whatever. Well, when when you get your bill from uh, when you had your baby and they give you the bill, it's itemized. Uh, and, yes, and, and literally like they yeah. like add-ons like this, like this. I mean, I remember undercoating. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, like a, a circumcision, vitamin D, like all of these things. There's like you know two hundred dollars here, and it's like fucking dinging you up. And uh, we had an issue when my son was born. We had a birth plan, and then uh, Kate's water broke, and we had kind of like a, like it wasn't planned. Her water broke. She came in, and they labeled her as an emergency. And then the doctor basically threw out the birth plan. So when they pulled him out, I had said, "Hey, can you just like let the baby chill out, like yeah. like, like leave him umbil- umbilical yeah. cord connected for a few minutes?" They like clamped it and they cut it. And I yelled at the dude, and he was like, uh, this was an emergency. We threw your fucking birth plan out the window. So I'm yelling at the doctor, like, don't touch my fucking kid. Yeah. And so I didn't let him do, like, the, the crap in the eyes. I didn't let them do the vitamin yeah. K. I didn't let him, do, let him circumcise. I didn't let him do anything. I'm yeah. like, just don't touch my fucking baby. Because uh, all that stuff can wait. Yeah, it can all wait. And yeah. then they came over, and they wanted to jack him with all the um, uh, like vaccines and all the crazy shit. And <laughs> I was like, don't touch my fucking child. And when I got my bill... Uh, all of those like were line item didn't have a number next to them. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that this thing is like a fucking ordering at a restaurant? Like, yes. Oh, we well, got this. And that's just how they ding up the bill. And I'm like, none of this has to be done in the hospital room at like birth. None yeah. of it does. And they make it feel like an emergency. Emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, Oh shit. And especially somebody that hasn't done any research or, or yeah. first time parents. Right. They're oh, like I would say like 90 it. fucking percent. No, man. dude. Like, like the second I, time, like, like, like the yeah. second time, like, like the first time you're like, Holy fuck, dude. Like this is like the craziest shit you've ever seen. And the second mm-hmm. time, like you're like way more cognizant of what's going on. And, uh, and at that point you just fucking, you know, and John, I've said this a number of times, just your ability to take any medical, I guess I, 
any medical professional, regardless of the special team, be like, I don't know, man. Uh, fucking, do- I, I don't think so. And like, just write at him. Just go at him and like, maybe not. I don't know. You just question it. Whereas m- most people, myself included, be like, oh, what's that? Well, white, part white of the problem is, yeah. part of the problem is I went to school with some guys who are now fairly right. successful doctors and I wouldn't fucking pay them to cut my grass. Right. Right. So whenever I meet doctors and they like normally like we put doctors on this pedestal, oh. uh, I don't because I. I have friends that are doctors who are mm-hmm. fucking morons. Right, right. I mean, they're, you know, they're good at taste taking in this. And like, I just am not impressed. And then just barely being like, well, I'm a doctor and like having this like mm-hmm. weird sense of arrogance. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I, you know, and I'm like, uh, I'm not really buying it. And, and on top of it, you know, having done, I mean, geez, we've been, um, so playing in the NFL, which you guys have fucking heard about way too many times. Uh, I used to like have doctors come evaluate us and then they would be like, oh, not say anything, go in and talk to the head coach and then come out and give us a diagnosis. And I, you know, and at that point you're like, okay, what did you say? And I would start writing shit down right. I would go home and research it and then realize, and I'd fucking call the doctor out. I'm like, why'd you fucking lie to me on shit? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm a professional. I'd be like, no, I know you're fucking lying in here. And so I would call shit out to the point where guys, cause I was a union rep would come ask me questions like, Hey, the doctor said that I'm like. That's fucking bullshit. You need to go get a second opinion. They just opinion. make assumptions that you're uneducated. Well, of course, because that's what most people do. Yeah. And then when you get into this uh, this baby thing, uh, and I even said to the doctor, mm. uh, I was like, every human being on the planet has entered this way. Are you fucking telling me that everybody has access to Hogue and all this other shit? I'm like, Hogue. Uh, I was like, yeah. I, I was like, dude, uh, there's stories of, uh, like I was reading a story of like um, in Vietnam, this woman was like running from the bombs, like stopped in a rice field, had the baby, wrapped it up, and literally was like cutting the umbilical cord as she was running i mean i'm like fucking babies have uh, like like that's when like you people hold them and they're all like oh i'm like dude, believe me these things are not as delicate as you want <laughs> but I, uh, yeah super resilient but i just think when we get into the medical thing that it's such like this like uh ooh, it's such a big deal and there's insurance and all these processes and this and the people act like you know like they know everything in here and i'm just like whoa, whoa, whoa slow down we need to push out the John Wellborn method of challenging doctors. Well, we <laughs> yes. did just we did just get a message. So Matt Zanis, I guess, plug in our articles and mm-hmm. tend to rehab from tendon issues. So one of the guys thanked him because it prepared him. He had a patella tear and was going in for physical therapy. And the articles prepared him to ask the right questions mm-hmm. to, I guess, check that doctor awesome. and, and protect himself, which is in line with your mission with BirthFit, right? Educate, empower. Yeah. And, you know, protect people. Totally. Well, but I, I think if you, the, the scary thing is if you go into the, like the standard kind of medical, uh, you know, mixer, like soup grinder, like you have to like protect yourself from the person. Like that was a weird thing. Like I remember being in like the hospital room and then coming in and like they literally rolled in and I remember they had like 20 needles and they were going to like stick the girls with all the vaccines. And they were like, you know, literally like four pounds and five pounds, like because they were born and then they lose weight once they, you know, mm-hmm. they were born at like six and seven and they lose weight for a couple of days until everything works out. And I remember they came in with all these needles like this and the lady started doing it. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm giving their injections. I'm like, no. no I was like, uh, can we, can we wait on this? Does this have to be done today? They're four pounds. That needle is literally three times the size of our arm. Lady's like, oh yeah, we have to do it. It has to be done today. And I'm like, no, I don't yeah. condone. Get the fuck out. And they were like, oh, 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 and then they came over I and they like got John all. Well, I, 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 and I just sat yeah. there and I'm like, John Wellboard, birthing bodyguard. I was like, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so um, when my little, and this, and this is the last story I'll tell, but my little boy, when he was there, he got a, a when they cut his umbilical cord, um, something yeah, happened and they got a, he got a little infection in his belly button. So all of a sudden it got kind of red and red and he got staph on his belly button from Hoke. 
And uh, so, like, we brought him home, and we're like, this doesn't look good. We take him back. They take him to Chuck, and he's in the NICU, like, hooked up to the uh, antibiotics mm-hmm. and the whole deal. And I'm on um, – I was with the kids at home, and Kate took him, and the, 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 Kate calls me, and she's like, hey, I need you to talk to this doctor. So I get on the phone, and they were like, hey, uh, we need to do a um, – uh, uh, lumbar puncture to check to see he doesn't have a uh, spinal meningitis. And I'm like, lumbar puncture, you mean a, uh, um, uh, spinal, spinal tap? tap? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, no, you're not doing a spinal tap on my three, three day old baby. I'm like, no way. I'm like, why don't you just try the antibiotics? If they work, then we're fine. If they don't, then we'll look, we'll, we'll progress it. And the lady's like, okay. So she hangs up on me. I get a phone call back from another doctor asking me to explain to her why I'm going to put my child's life in danger. Uh. So I asked the lady, I'm like, do you have any kids? She goes, no. And I told her, I said, get the fuck off the phone and don't ever call me again and never second guess as a parent. I was like, I'm not going to fucking give you the option to do a spinal tap because you want to fucking do it on a three-year-old. I said, put my wife back on. I said, don't let that fucking lady near our kid. And sure enough, you know what? They gave him um, antibiotics. It went away and he was fine. And he left two days later. So that lady wanted to do some fucking, well, this is our process. Can you explain to me? And I said, fuck you. It's just protocol. Uh, Yeah. And I'm like, and I asked her, I'm like, how old are you? Do you have any kids? No, I don't have any kids. I said, get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. I was like, uh, I was so sideways on that shit. And, uh, and then I fucking bashed Hogue on a Yelp review because I couldn't get them. Hogue's terrible. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. And uh, so I, I called them and this and I fucking, I laced them. And I was like, the only thing I can do, I'm going to fucking bash you on Yelp. Yeah. And, so is uh, Hogue only in Newport or is it like a it's chain? It's in Newport. Yeah. yeah so th- for yeah. our listeners, Hogue is a hospital. That yeah, was that's where, yeah, that's where, where we our were kids were born. And, um, but yeah, yeah. They, they did an awful job. I, I was severely disappointed with how they uh, handled everything. I think Hogue actually has one of the highest C-section rates in California. Well, yeah, that's, they, yeah. they prefer to do it. The other one that kind of pissed me off was, um, so my wife had twins and she breastfed both girls exclusively yeah. for six months. So she knows how to breastfeed. Like yeah. I have no doubt. So like the baby, like Cashy came out, she was already breastfeeding and like the lady came in and was like, oh, you're not supposed to be breastfeeding yet. What? Yeah. And my wife was like, huh? And she's like, well, we need to have the lactation. She's like, dude, I had twins. Get the fuck out. Like, it just, it's like they, well, well, we have this, uh, everything is, we have this process. We have Ugh. these, and I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't process and protocol fucking life. Like, mm-hmm. it, like l- life, God. life happens. And yeah. I'm just like, at, at this point I told Kate, I'm like, man, we should have, we should have never come to this fucking factory. And so that's why like with, uh, with what you were doing and like, you know, um, with the symposium and getting yeah. you to come, like, I think it's so important that people know that like going to like the big pill, you know, uh, hospital to have this done is not the way to do this thing. And it's a fucking broken process. It is. It's a broken process that we're in right now. And our country spends so much money on birth, maternal health, and it's like $98 billion a year. And we have one of the highest maternal mortality rates out of all industrialized countries. And not only that, but let's say like women of color, especially black women, they die three to four times that of white women every year. Why is that? So this goes back to like I, systemic racism or medical racism. So like all the textbooks were written by white males, um, not even women. And yeah, that's a that's a weird thing for me that um, uh, all this information is like put out by white men who I'm like. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't really take car advice from people that like, you know, can't change a motor or have never changed their oil, but like, can't change a tire. Yeah. Can't change a tire. But I think with some of like the birthing advice, like, uh, uh, the old wives tales and like what the midwives talk about and some like, I'll take that information over anything. Yeah. Cause it's been passed down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like when, when, uh, we had the, um, uh, the girls, we got these, uh, 
uh, what are they, the doulas came in and taught him how to talk, uh, Kate how to breastfeed. Sure enough, dude, these two women were like rolled in and were like, Hey, uh, get out of here. I'm like, sounds good. And I fucking bolted. I'm like, this is a woman on woman thing. Yeah. They, they were like, that's what they said. They were like, get out of here. We got this. And sure enough, dude, they were on it. They fucking, it, it was perfect. And I'm like, you know what? I, cause like they're looking at me to be coach. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know shit about breastfeeding. Get some like women over here. Like how, like. Mm-hmm. I'm the, uh, like Kate's like asking me. I'll teach I'm like, you how to squat. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, if, if you want to lift weights or how to change a tire, I'm your guy. I'm not gonna like, but that's fine. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to be the expert. And I think mm-hmm. some point, like guys are like, oh, I'm like, you know me, dude. If I don't know something, I'm like, let's find the expert and bring them in and get me the fuck out of this mm-hmm. job. So I don't know. That's why I, I, I think what um, you know we're doing. And the other one too is um, uh, like you know training programs and like just like. Uh, there's got to be a whole real pride and you figured it out. That's why I was, you know, so geeked on your stuff. Like from like before, during, after there has to be a whole process. Cause totally. the other one that blew my mind was like, uh, uh, like, um, uh, like the, uh, uh, postnatal depression mm-hmm. and like all that depression stuff. Like when I started looking at like, you know, why do women get the severe depression and you hear these stories of women killing their babies and having all this like psychosis post deal mm-hmm. and it's all hormonal based. And then you realize that like basic like exercise and movement after can fix a lot of these things. And totally. like, you know, it's just, yeah, don't even get me started, man. It's I mean, broken I'm, system. Yeah, it, it is. And thank God, like, uh, I'm kind of like in a different part of my life. So I'm like in the schooling deal part. Mm-hmm. You guys are right in the fight of this. <laughs> yeah. So like, and thank God you have Lindsay, cause you're asking me, I'm like, I, I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I think. But at the end of the day, like call an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least you had enough like awareness to put your ego aside. Cause I think that's with guys. And this is a little tidbit, like whoever the partner is, guys, girls, whatever. I think they let their ego get in the way and be like, Oh, I can coach. I got, I got my, my girl here. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, you dudes are fucking idiots. First like, of all, dudes are fucking idiots. Oh, I know that. Like, 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 <laughs> I'll be the first uh, to admit. we repeat like, but I mean, that's from teaching seminars. Like yeah. how many dudes have we had come in and been like, you paid seven ninety five to show up here for two days and have us work with you, and you're fighting me every sense of the way. You paid oh, yeah. roughly seven hundred ninety five dollars for 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 you to come here for to try to get me to validate what you're doing mm-hmm. instead of like empty your cup and just fucking listen. Mm. I promise you, we're really good at this shit. And then like, but like we 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 used to fight that, and that's where that whole empty the cup thing. Where mm-hmm. I told the guy, I said, go outside and empty your cup, man, or don't come back. That's like good. I think with like this type of stuff, like I'm a dude, uh, like. I'm like, I'll make sure like nothing bad happens. But like the end of the day, like if a woman goes, you know, like, how do you think I'm feeling? I'm like, (laughs) no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even like the other one too, like I, you know, I remember reading something about this guy being like, oh, like the love of my child in this. And I'm always thinking like, like the fatherly love is one, but like the mother having grown it in her child, I'm like. You got me on that one. Yeah, you both have different perspectives. Yeah. There's an old Family Guy clip where I guess Peter goes to a, a feminine camp to, um, I guess, for work because mm-hmm. he said something he shouldn't have said. And they're like, you'll never know the pain of a woman giving birth until you've fallen out of the top of a tree. <laughs> and it's like getting your bottom lip ripped over your head. <laughs> and guess what happens? Later in the episode, he falls from this tree. Catches his lip on a on a, a on a branch, gets it ripped over his head, and you see just this single tear <laughs> fall from his so, eye. So uh, they put a, a they had a pain scale, and they said that uh, rupturing a tendon, like rupturing your patellar tendon, is on the scale of like you know if birth is ten, that was like a seven. Mm-hmm. And I ruptured my patellar tendon, and I was screaming, doing this, like patting, like looking to see if I had gotten shot. And I was like ah ah ah. They're like stop screaming. I'm like I fucking can't, and it hurts so fucking bad. And um, so. 
So you know. Yeah, no, but and that, <laughs> that wasn't even the top of that thing. And I got a pretty good pain threshold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but like if you think about it, like, like that's, I think about like nature's way of like creating like the most intense pain to force you to get this thing out and, fi- and end it. Like efficiently. It's, yeah, efficiently. Yeah. Like what a, what a great way. Like if it was like, you know, like. If it was comfortable, the baby would stay in there forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Back up. So I'm curious about to this uh, medical racism. Mm. Oh. So that's just coming out more and more, I think, as stats and, um, you know, numbers come out. But, um, like, take, for instance, the naming of our female body parts. Bye. <laughs> um, vagina. Like, that was named after a man or for a man. And vagina literally means, like, the hood to insert your sword. So it's like the covering of a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, Bartholomew's glands, all this stuff was named after, all female parts were basically named after male doctors or male you know, mm-hmm. intentions, which is really interesting. So just doing a little bit of um, like research on the history of birth and stuff like that in our country goes a long way. And that's what kind of sparked my interest was like, okay, but why do we do this? Or why is it this way? And mm-hmm. that's when I started reading books like Born in the USA or Medical Apartheid was one that really opened my eyes where doctors um, basically would try out surgical procedures on women of color because they assumed that black women didn't feel pain. Mm. And it's like, what <laughs> what kind of thinking is that? Right. But that was just the... The, you know, the, what our country was founded on, which is kind of bananas. Yeah. Um, and so I think just having an awareness and acknowledgement of that and being like, okay, now we have to change this. Like, mm-hmm. and I think for, you know, the next five, 10, 20 years, stuff's just going to just get shoveled up and twist and turned and we'll see big changes. But, um, you know, I didn't, I grew up, um, you know, standard American diet, you know, middle class, lower middle class, Um, I'd never seen a birth and I was not breastfed, which is probably why I have asthma. Um, I was fed soy formula. Like Mm -hmm. birth affects you in so many ways, especially the first year after birth. Um, so I just started just doing all of this research and it, it's powerful what you, what you uncover and realizing that you do have choices. So like John was mentioning midwives, like Midwifery is a practice that was around long before OB-GYN. OB-GYNs are taught to be surg- like surgeons. They are phenomenal at cesareans, but many of them have actually never seen a natural birth, mm. you know, which is kind of powerful. Um, but there was, um, the re- I forget the name of this report, but it was a financial backing report of universities with like Rockefeller and Carnegie. And basically, I forget... It was in the early 1900s, and um, they basically decided to only fund the universities that they wanted to fund. And this is when stuff like midwifery got the boot, naturopath, um, chiropractic, acupuncture, because it wasn't making them any money. It was like preventative holistic care. So that's why like a lot of that stuff died down. But um, yeah, I think um, once you uncover some stuff and do some research, you'll realize that you actually do have choices. And some of it's limited state by state, but birth is the most transformative experience of 
mom's life, baby's life, and hopefully partner's life if mm-hmm. they're there. Right. Um, so why would you not put a little research and education into it and make sure the whole experience aligns with your values and birth desires? You know, that's, totally. that's, that's our take. Yeah, right on. <laughs> and it, it just would... I wonder how you break through that traditional, I guess, one track, autopilot, mm. blinder thought process mm-hmm. that a lot of folks tend to be on. And, you know, I think my, I'm just guessing here, so I'll, I'll welcome your yeah. feedback. But could it is it possible that the high high mortality rate in this country when it comes to birthing mm-hmm. is lifestyle pre-birth? And yeah. it, it might not necessarily be the medical approach to birthing. Totally. Um, I believe lifestyle has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. There's a survey listening to mothers, I think. And um, basically, if you read that survey, and it's not a research study, uh-huh. but um, interviewed a ton of women, but nutrition movement, this right. is like one of the first things I read when I wrote like our birth fit ebook that was is now like I took it off because it was so old. Yeah. But um, it's like, duh, fitness and nutrition. Right. You know, and... Um, let's say like women of color, some of them don't have access to, mm-hmm. you know, adequate food, adequate movement based yeah, Just practices. culturally and socially, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that can start preconception. Like nutrition for mom and dad is thought to go at least three months out mm-hmm. prior to conception. So dad, mom, like start paying attention to your nutrition right. at least minimum three months prior to when you want to conceive. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, that can be a social issue, right? Because totally. it's, a, it's a luxury to have a gym membership. Sometimes it's a luxury mm-hmm. to be able to get good food, good food. Yeah. So it becomes almost a social issue. Right. And then that triggers a biological issue mm-hmm. that then cascades into this. And I guess what I'm getting at is what if. OK, so what if. We have options, right? And there is, there are these uh, turn and burn factory approach births, mm-hmm. right? But if you had all fucking healthy mother and partner, you know, leading up to that lifestyles that a lot of our listeners probably live, right? Eat with a man and meet with fish, follow seafood, eggs, move, sleep, hydrate, micronutrient density, blood work. Like your game was on point. Yeah. Yeah. So then and the medical. Then like you, I feel like you would, the medical, even though it probably isn't optimal, right? Understandably so. Right. Like you're, you have a better chance of bouncing back from that. You totally have a better chance. So you have this higher margin of error, right? Right. So I think that's what you'll see some of these like phenomenal athletes that are like, don't have to pay attention to anything. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're like, oh, I was in the gym, you know, mm-hmm. two months after baby, whatever. And I think it's because their preconception health yeah. was probably so great. Um, and they probably don't have like mindset worry issues like some people do right right um but then let's say all that's on point right like i'm dialed yeah mom dad they're dialed and then you go into the standard western medical approach Mm -hmm. and first time babies um on average will carry like mom will carry first time babies for an average of like 41 weeks and three to five days so if you set your due date at 40 weeks and your doc is like, oh, you're past, you're, go, you're at 40 weeks and there's no sign of baby. Then inducing. Mm-hmm. Two thirds of first time moms are induced. Right. 
And then once you're induced, let's say, let's say the doc induces and they didn't take into account the bishop score, which is a bishop score is just a, a way of looking at mom and doing, you know, a little test to see how likely it is that she'll go into labor with an induction. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say they didn't pay any attention to that because more times than not, they're like, oh, you're three days overdue. Let's induce you. Then once you start that, let's you're on Pitocin or a Foley balloon or something, then you have these super powerful contractions of your uterus with Pitocin, which is like a synthetic version of oxytocin. And it's not, it doesn't harmonize with your natural hormone system. Mm -hmm. So basically birth is like a dance between mom and baby and their hormone systems. And if you're having these super gnarly contractions and the uterus is trying to pump baby out, but the cervix isn't dilated or effaced or the nose softening, the door's not opening, then, okay, what the hell? Mom's in probably a lot of pain now, so mm-hmm. then they give an epidural, and now baby's heart rate drops because can't all this medication, now we got to do an emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. So that's like usually the cascade of events. And mom was probably in phenomenal fucking health, mm-hmm. you know, and dad's over there going, I just, I just want a healthy mom and healthy baby. Yeah, I what can what I, yeah, right. what can I do? Talk to me, dog. All because, hey, I can coach my wife. I don't have to ho- hire a doula, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't have to seek any yeah. kind of other consultation. Yeah. You know, like they just assumed that this doctor would take care of them or that this system would take care of them. And it's no, you're another fucking number, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, so now you put somebody in that same exact scenario who's not switched on. Right. That's right, who's it. eating McDonald's every day. Who's, right. you know, the most exercise they get is right. from the car to their driveway or up the stairs of their apartment. Right. Right. And that's where margin of error is reduced. And all mm-hmm. of that trauma and hormonal stress, I'm assuming can be fatal. It can be, but it's also like you could go into, you could get, um, Diabetes. Mm-hmm. You could have preeclampsia, and your cervical tissue could swell because of the shit food you're eating. You mm-hmm. know, food affects the our tissue and the inflammation. So, the labor you might not have as long to labor because all the tissue swollen. Doctors like, let's go. You right. know, so all that affects. Yeah, man, I know. It also affects your healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's I guess. That's a whole other fucking chapter, That's right? That's a whole nother conversation. But, um, you know what? I'll give you a, a cool analogy that um, I just kind of dawned on me. I blew out my knee when I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Tore my ACL, MCL, medial meniscus. Um, and, you know, that, that was the end of the world. No more soccer scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew exactly my plan of action. Right. I interviewed, which was just an awareness on my part. And I don't know if it's just my personality or what, but I didn't go with the doctor that was like, oh, you're going to be 80 percent no matter what you do. I was like, F this guy. I'm going to go with the doctor that tells me I can be 100 percent. It just depends on the amount of work I do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I rehabbed and this was my first exposure to basically prehab before surgery he made me go see a chiropractor he made me go see a rolfer which you know at that time this was like 1999 remind me rolfing so rolfing is like um soft tissue fascial mobilization okay um it's not entirely comfortable okay 
Um, and I was doing that three times a week before surgery. So I had to do that for six weeks. Then I had surgery and I knew exactly what I was doing moments after. Like I woke up, my knee was in this, you know, range of motion machine. Um, he wanted me basically walking out of the hospital on crutches. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, at three weeks I was doing something. At three months I was running in a straight line, you know, this sort of thing. But if you have a baby, whether it's vaginal or cesarean, and cesarean's a major freaking abdominal surgery. Yeah, it's like, fucking gnarly. Yeah. There's no rehab protocol in our country. Nothing. So that was where I was like, what the F? You know, and when I looked at that and I had clients that were athletes or, you know, they wanted to get back on set for their TV show or movies, I was like, no, wait, there's no protocol for this or not even one that's outdated. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's just nothing. Um, so that's when I started reading more about, um, you know, what cultures around the world did, what midwives would do or what would be passed down in different lineages. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So, and that—that's when we started our postpartum series and started. So, our postpartum series is like four weeks, twice a week. But we would talk about a certain topic, like nutrition or um, identity crisis, or you know, weight loss. So, or, what's the identity crisis? Like, basically, you're not going to get your pre-mom bod back. Mm. Like it's a new chapter. You've evolved. This body that carried a baby is way more powerful. No, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> no, we're going to have to have a talk with Ashley. We're going to break that mold. No, I'm really? Kidding. I'm kidding. Unmarry her. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's, it's a way more powerful body and it's something that mm. our society hasn't really embraced. You know, mm. it's like, let's put this fucking body on a pedestal. Like, Gave yeah, birth. Of honor. Yeah, right. like holy hell. So, you know, we go through topics like that. We incorporate um, functional progressions and rehab the way we see it. So, like, okay, how do you, you want to squat again? Great. Let's go about it in an intentional manner and efficient manner. Um, so, yeah, that's what the postpartum series is. It's our answer for rehab. For a cesarean, right? Yeah. Which I guess if nobody knows, here, talk talk everybody through it. So yeah. it's basically incision in the belly, right? Mm -hmm. Into the uterus. They call it a bikini cut because they cut. put it below the bikini line. Oh, which, that's let awful. me even like touch on this. So if you have another abdominal surgery, I have a friend that has um, uh, like tons of gastric issues. Mm -hmm. And every time they've done an incision on her, they've gone vertical. Right. Which goes with the fascia more than okay. a bikini cut. Yes. So bikini cut was only invented for aesthetics, not even to promote healing of the underlying fascial tissue. I guess that was going to be my question. Is there a comparable surgery mm -hmm. or, uh, I guess, yeah, surgery, whatever, yeah. Um, procedure that there are recover like there is a recovery protocol for? Yeah, but I, I don't know... Like, so my friend, and the, this is an example that has that gastric okay. issues. She's basically taught just to lay low for three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and then she goes back in for a checkup. And then if stuff's healing, she'll, she's given like the yellow light. Okay. You can do gentle things for three to six weeks mm -hmm. or, okay, hang out for another three weeks. But it's like a check-in every three yeah. to four weeks um, until she's, you know, yeah. good to go. But with women, 
whether it's vaginal or cesarean, there's nothing different. Right. You go in at the six week mark and they're like, okay, great. You're healed up. Good to go for exercise and yeah. sex. And let's say mom has sex for the first time and it's painful. Then she thinks something's wrong with her. Right. And now she doesn't want to have sex. And now there's a strain on their relationship and dad wants sex or partner wants sex. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, how do we connect? You know? So it's like, Oh, she's just ashamed and doesn't know what to do and thinks something's wrong with her. And that's, our fault as a mm-hmm. society for putting all of that on the woman, you know, not giving her the resources to basically adapt and evolve from this transformative experience. Is there a vertical incision C-section? I mean, I think you could ask for it. Yeah, and just be like, I'm a savage. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm a, we love scars in our family. Yeah. Give me a vertical. Yeah. Mm. Around the belly button, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was curious. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing um, with episiotomies. Episiotomies is basically when they cut like perennial tissue, vaginal mm-hmm. tissue, and they do this to make room for baby. How are you doing over there, Tex? <laughs> He's looking at me like... Taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> but if they cut, they don't cut in line with the body's natural tissues. And if I had a piece of paper, I would demo this. But if you tear, it's going to go along the a little jagged edges but what the body mm-hmm. deems appropriate and that's going to heal a lot faster than as if a doctor or somebody just cuts you oh this is fucking like yeah gives cringing. you a fourth degree tear and you know episiotomies are a big thing especially in like smaller cities mm-hmm. because many will do without consent mm-hmm. and that's Fuck. like yeah so know what the hell's going on yeah like put that in your birth preference sheet yeah yeah. And dad, you're, I guess, partner should be on the fucking, like, head on a swivel, right? Yeah. Working the perimeter, so, understanding what's going on. Totally. Because mom's probably in her pain cave, right? Well, if you think about this, so this is what I explain in my birth ed classes, is mom and baby have to find that rhythm. They have to find that dance. And she's going to start off at a different brain wavelength and, like, go mm-hmm. more in, go more in, go more in. Like, find that oxytocin, that... Uh, almost like drug high. And at this level is if you are at a birth and you ever see mom and you're watching her, it's basically like, do you want water? She's like, yes, no. It's like one word answers, can't Mm -hmm. complete sentences, but she's so inside of her body Mm -hmm. where dad or partner, their job is to protect the cave. Mm -hmm. And mom may not ever want dad or partner to touch them or be there. Mm-hmm. I've been at births where mom's just like, I just need him over there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do I do? I'm like, yeah. just sit there. Yeah. Be over there. You dipshit. <laughs> just sit there. And it's just like knowing they're in the room mm-hmm. and their energy is there. And, but sometimes mom wants dad touching her and then all of a sudden, Nope, yep. you're, you're annoying the hell out of me. Go away. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So they're there to be the protector of the cave and to keep their thinking brain on, like you said, where mom has to go into that primal brain and turn off that damn neocortex and mm-hmm. stop thinking. You know, and if you think about birthing environment, so this is why we talk about wherever you birth is your choice, like where you feel comfortable. Um, I'm somebody that would like to birth at home where some of my best friends, like I'm going to a birth in Houston. She wants to be at the hospital and Mm -hmm. that's where she feels comfortable, but I'm her doula and I'm going to set that up. I'm, you know, 
make it feel like her zen zone. So yeah, we're going to put yeah. on playlists. We'll put in aromatherapy. We'll bring her favorite robe, maybe some pictures put on the wall. Like you have to set it up to where you can go to that alternate state. Mm-hmm. And then dad protects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what a, do you have any words of advice or what, mm-hmm. let's say someone's listening to this and you're like, fuck, I did it wrong. <laughs> so, okay. People always, they come to us now and I just, this is really ironic. I posted this on my Instagram this morning. It's like, we only make behavioral changes or big moves or lifestyle modifications when it seems like we're in pain or uncomfortable or like we've been posed with like mortality or it's like, why does it have to take that to make somebody mm-hmm. aware or to make a different choice? But it's funny you say that because oftentimes we get women that are pregnant with their second one or they saw their sister or their best friend go through something that they don't want to go through. And, you know, that's what makes them make the change. But, you know, for women that come to us or dads that come to us that are like, oh, we fucked up. You know, it's like, no, I believe babies are born exactly how they're supposed to be born. And like you were talking about the girls, like, doesn't it just show like what their yeah. personality right, is? Right. And the whole birth experience, I think, totally reveals what type of personality characteristics the baby has. And, you know, sometimes we don't know all the answers and like maybe baby is breech and we've done all we can. We've done all the balancing movement exercises, done chiropractic, done acupuncture, done all kinds of shit, but baby doesn't want to go head down. Maybe babies in there know something that we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they want to do a vaginal breech birth. Maybe they want to be born via cesarean. We don't know. But that's where the connection pillar um, that we know and love, like connection to us means so much. Connecting with your power, your intuition, your sixth sense, you know, you have to trust your gut over anything else out there. And you know, you can't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Take the knowledge that you have now and take that and share it on this new journey, this new chapter with this new spirit, maybe growing inside of you or mom or whoever and share that because what you went through was a beautiful learning experience. Yeah. And it, it brings me back to fuck, corporate America, my cube mate, <laughs> Kempy, Kempy. And his wife got pregnant and he was fucking just like, it's happening. It's, I'm fucking stoked. Right. We're doing, they're doing everything. <laughs> they're right. So excited. And it probably more traditional. And I no, actually I think he wanted, he went, they went like the midwife, they're going to have birth at home and they had the mm-hmm. birth plan and everything was, they had the plan. They rehearsed it. They walked through it. Everything was fucking sorted out. Yeah. And, uh, he goes and he comes in like the next week, you know, he hit me up. He's like, we're doing it. It's on, you know? And I text him back. I'm like, you know, best of luck. And I was a fuck like 23 years old. I was probably at the bar. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> it was probably Monday morning. Uh, I go, how'd the birth plan go? He goes, Oh, well, we didn't do it. I'm like why? <laughs> he goes, cause sh- the bolts started flying. And, uh, my wife was like, no, we're doing a different yeah. total audible. Right. Yeah. And, uh, he's just like, it, it was telling to me, you know, I guess he, the old, was it Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. You got a plan until you get punched in the face. And everything worked out fine, right? Yeah. But I can't remember the specific circumstances. But in hindsight, I'm like, so are you like, was it a bad thing? Because And then he's like, no, it's just how it worked out, man. Yeah. You know, and 
you can only try to control it so much, right? right. And, uh, old Murphy's Law, my dad would say, just when you think you're two steps ahead, you're really one step behind. Totally. So just be prepared yeah. on, on all accounts, right? I always tell couples, and I'll get into like our birth classes versus the ones out there, mm. but there's two things you need. You need to be able to surrender and have flexibility. Mm. And you can check all the boxes, like you can make a birth plan and I'll use, you'll hear me say birth plan versus birth preferences or desires, Mm -hmm. but you can check all the boxes. You can write all the things down, but if you're not surrendering to the universe or the divine and you're not flexible, then the universe is going to throw you a damn wild card and see like how you're going to respond. Um, but yeah, so I used to teach a ton of different birth classes, like as, um, we know in fitness, there's certain fitness methodologies um, and, you know, names of things. And we all probably taught these at one point. But um, I started out teaching birth ed classes and some like hypnobirthing stuff. And it wasn't uh, I felt like I wasn't telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. Right. And so after I did NLP training, which I became a master practitioner, which I basically can mess with your thoughts. Not really. Um, But it's retraining your thought patterns. So I realized that we were almost giving false expectations. You know, like, do this and you'll have a pain-free birth. Mm -hmm. Well, birth, there's pain there for a reason. It's purposeful pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in our birth, Birth Fit Prenatal Series, our birth education course, We have women design their birth desires through a birth preference worksheet that's nine pages long. They go through this, they chop it up, figure out what's important to them. Like what's important to you maybe is different than mine or Mm -hmm. Texas or whatever, you know. Like you may want to birth in a hospital using a ball. I may want to birth in a tub at home listening to Inya, you know, something like that. I don't know. Um... Who knows? (laughs) But you have to figure out what is important to you, what Mm. your values are, what aligns to you, and then translate that into birth. And what was happening was, you know, we were trying to take these women in this previous birth ed setting I was teaching, fit them into like maybe the mold of the hospital, how to be a good patient, or do this and you'll have a pain-free birth. Mm -hmm. No, like we're not, none of us are the same. So it's figuring out your uniqueness, how to apply that to the situation. We figure out our birth mission statement, like maybe yours is to have an organic experience mm-hmm. or you know a fun experience, like throw some words in there. And then take that, your preferences, and that's how you approach this freaking experience that is going to happen. And Mm. there's going to be big forks in the road. Right. Exactly. So then you take your birth preference sheet and you're like, Oh, my desire, my birth mission statement was to have an organic experience or a happy, healthy baby, something like that. Okay. Does this induction support my birth desire and my birth mission statement? Mm. Not right now. Right. You know? Okay. So maybe we revisit induction at 42 weeks and maybe there are signs of mom and baby distress. Okay, now induction may be appropriate because it's more in alignment with our values at this point. Um, and then we go through scenarios. So I always throw scenarios at the end in our last class, and it's like, okay, like there's usually like five or six couples in there. What are you going to do if you're 39 weeks and the water breaks and no contractions start? 
they're like, oh shit, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't that mean you go straight to the hospital? Like you're nine one one? No, like technically, water can be broken. It's like fifty percent of the time that water actually breaks. But if water breaks without contractions, then you want to figure out how to get the party started because if you're working with um, an OB/GYN, they usually want you to come into the hospital within six hours, depending on who it is. If you're working with a midwife, they might give you 24, 48 hours if all is well. So you've got to kind of play their game too, Mm -hmm. you know. So the scenarios and the mission statement and desires, that goes a long way. And if you think about what we did this morning, there's intention to everything. So it's coming back to the intention for you or you, because it's not going to be the same as me. Um, Yeah. You ready? (laughs) I'm looking at Tex. (laughs) He's shaking his head, but I think he means yes. He's like, I'm going to adopt. Oh, no, way. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, this is stuff. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thanks for stopping by. I mean, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know where to go, shame on you. Get there. Get there. <laughs> Just get in the Google box, put in BirthFit. There's only one that's going to pop up, right? Yeah. Yourbirthfit.com, your birthfit yeah. on Instagram. Right? Yeah, and we have over 80 regional directors in the U.S. <laughs> now. Yeah. So all of them are licensed to use the BirthFit brand, the curriculum that we made up. Um, and they're teaching all the classes, the prenatal series and postpartum series, and go find them. They go through an extensive training, like six months of training with us, and they're, they're bomb.com. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Another episode of the <laughs> Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. Weather is still about 60% cloud cover. Feels like 96. Wind is coming from the northwest, northwest. And that's it. Talk to you for you to empower your performance. Check out Lindsay's website and Instagram page under the name BirthFit. She gave an amazing talk last year at the symposium, and she's been educating folks in the mind-body-baby connection for quite some time. Speaking of the symposium, it's time for another edition of why you should attend the Power Athlete Symposium in Austin, Texas on December 7th, 8th, and 9th. For the past few months, I've been giving you some of the more obscure reasons to attend, and this week, I present the soundtrack. Each year, there is one song that is picked by Luke that really exemplifies the symposium experience, and each year, it is played on repeat until you feel it in your fucking bones. Then eight months later, you'll hear that song on the radio and you will immediately feel like an insane person. And I know you're like, Callie, this is not a selling point at all. And to that I say, yeah, you're right. It probably is not. But it is something. Until next time. Bye.